What's up, everybody? My name is Shane Kohler, and this is The Conscious Love Show. Thanks so much for joining me here, where each week I'm sharing true-to-life insights and experiences from my journey and how I've created the loving and committed partnership I have today. I answer your questions and have live discussions with you so I can support you in your specific situation. And I bring in experts and people who know their stuff so we can all learn from their perspectives. Thanks again for checking out the show. Please subscribe on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on the most. And I would love it so much if you'd leave a review and tell people what you think of us. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at The Living Relationship to connect more closely. And I'm grateful to be supporting you on your journey to love. I want to talk about this idea of being a high value partner. And if you've, if you follow me for a while, or if you've taken any of my programs or ever worked with me, it's a big, it's a big principle of of what I teach is being a high value partner. And I think what we're all really looking for when we're dating is a high value partner. Like that's what we want when we meet somebody is we want to have that experience of like, wow, this person is high value, right? That's what we're all kind of looking for. And so, you know, you'll relate to this, ladies on here, when you get on the dating apps and you see the dude with the fish and you see the, what's the other one? Um, I don't know. They're like all the cliches, right? On the dating apps, you see the guy holding the fish. You see, you see all these like cliche dudes being basic ass dudes and it screams low value, right? It screams low value. So that is, that's exactly what I'm talking about here is when we're dating, we want to be somebody who the way that we're being, the way that we show up, the way that we carry ourselves screams high value. It screams high value. It screams, I am an amazing human being. It screams, you would be lucky to be with me. It screams like, wow, you better really take your chance right now because if you miss it, I'm gonna be gone and you're not gonna get it again, right? There's there's a way to carry yourself and present yourself in dating that has people experience you in this way, that has people experience you and say, wow, like this is an amazing human being. And if I miss my chance with them, I'm really going to regret this, right? So we want to talk about how to show up as a high value partner. My wife was an amazing example of this. Okay. When I met my wife, She was, she stood out to me in a way that nobody I had ever dated in the past ever did before. And I dated some awesome people, but my wife really brought something to the table. And and I was like, wow, like this is, this is a woman that I could definitely see spending my life with. And if I mess this up, like I'm really going to regret this. Right. So that's, that's what, that's the experience of being a high value partner. That's what you create in somebody. So let's talk about what it means to be a high value partner. And I want to, I want to reference a reel I put up recently. Um, some of you may have seen this reel, some of you maybe not, but it's, it's been really interesting to watch the comments. There are a lot of different opinions on it and a lot of people feel a lot of different ways. And I want to just talk about, so this is what the reel was about. Somebody had asked a question and said, I just saw the guy I've been dating for the last three weeks we're not exclusive. He updated his Tinder profile and I want to know if I should keep seeing him. And my answer to the question was, yes, you should. And a lot of people had a lot of different opinions about that. But I want to, I don't want to just say why she should continue seeing him after he updated his Tinder profile. But what I actually want to talk about is what, how this relates to being a high value partner. And I want to say this first. The biggest reason that I said she should, apart from whether he's the right guy for her or not, or whether he's showing real potential or not, the biggest reason that I told her that she should keep seeing him was because she was ha- she had information that she shouldn't have had. And if she was operating as a high value partner, she would not have gotten that information in that way. So I want you, if you're listening to this right now, I want you to stay with me because I'm going to be talking about some really, really important stuff. If she had been operating as a high value partner, she would not have gotten that information in that way. Okay. So why, why is this important? Because 
when we do things like this, you're like, oh, let me go look them up on the dating apps and see what they're doing. Let me go stalk their social media. Let me go see if they're talking to this person or that person. And we try all these sneaky tactics and we think we're getting the upper hand and we think we're getting some kind of special information that's going to help us. And what you're really doing when you do that stuff is you're being a low value partner. You are actually going against yourself. You see, you, you think you're getting the upper hand over the other person. All you're doing is going against yourself. You're, you're diminishing your own confidence. You're diminishing your own ability to feel secure in this relationship. You're diminishing your own ability to connect to your intuition and to connect to what is right for you and to feel into, is this somebody I feel safe with? Is this somebody I feel respected by? Is this somebody I feel in tune with, connected with, like we're on the same page, like we share the same values, like we want the same things from life? You see, when you start doing that sneaky stuff, like looking them up on the dating apps or looking them up on social media and you start or trying to talk to people behind their back and you start doing all this sneaky stuff, you are actually, you are actually disconnecting from all the real power that you have in the situation. And you are trading it in for some shitty little pretend power that actually means nothing. And this is what I said in the video, and men and women might feel differently about this, so I'm totally willing to acknowledge that. But for those of you who are interested in a relationship with a man, I'm gonna tell you how men see this, okay? So you might feel differently about it, that's totally valid, totally okay, but I'm gonna tell you how men see this, okay? If I'm a single man, who's not made a commitment with anyone. I am going to be on the dating apps. Now you might have my full attention. You might be the only person on my mind. You might have me so occupied that even while I'm on the dating apps, I'm not even really paying attention to anyone. I just might be scrolling through some profiles, chatting with someone a little bit here or there. Why am I on the dating apps? Because I'm a single man, because I haven't made the commitment to get off of them yet. It's not because I don't like you. It's not because I, I'm not interested. It's not because I'm not taking you seriously. It's just because I have not turned that switch in my mind yet where I said, okay, I've made my commitment and I'm done with the dating apps. And for the ladies who are listening to this right now, who are interested in having a relationship with a man, until you have that conversation with him, until the two of you actually make that commitment to get off of the apps together, you should expect that he's probably gonna be playing around on him. And you should expect that even if you have his full attention, when he's home alone on a Friday night or a Tuesday night and he's sitting there watching the freaking TV show or whatever he's doing, that he might just have his phone in his hand and be scrolling on the app. And there's actually nothing wrong with that. It is a perfectly normal thing to do. And if that makes you insecure, then what you want to do is deal with the insecurity of dating a free human being who has the freedom to choose, who has the freedom to direct their life in whatever way feels right for them. And that's who you want a relationship with. And you want that person of their own free choice to choose you. And you don't have somebody choose you of their own free choice by trying to control their choice or limit their options. Somebody chooses you of their own free choice by experiencing you as a high value person and saying, of all the options I have, of everybody I've seen on this dating app, of everybody my friends have introduced me to, of all the people I've met, you are the one I want to be with. And so to have somebody step up for you like that, you've got to show up like that. So drop all the sneaky tactics and start being authentic. Start being empowered. Start being yourself, really. Authentic, empowered, it just means be yourself. It just means be your truth. It just means be you. And if being you is not enough for someone, then they're not the one for you. And like, this is, you know, attraction is so specific. 
We get so bent out of shape on if somebody is attracted to us or not. We get so bent out of shape about that. And it is like, it's like, oh my God, like you could never have everybody be attracted to you. You could do everything to fit every model of attraction and fit it perfectly. And there would be somebody out there who, who hates every stereotypical model of attraction. And they're just completely turned off by it. And you would be repulsive to that person. Attraction is so, so specific. It has to do with your childhood and your upbringing and the kinds of influences and things you were exposed to as a child and the kinds of people that you were around as a child and the kinds of faces that you saw and the people who held you, what they looked like and the kinds of energies that you were exposed to and what that felt like. It has to do with all of that. It has to do with, it has to do with your upbringing and, and your first relationships in adolescence and in teenage years. And it has to do with your impressions of love. I mean, it just has to do with so much. It has to do with the movies you've watched. It has to do, it has to do with so, so much. And it is so highly, highly specific. And you can't be everybody's thing. And a high value person is not concerned with being everybody's thing. A high value person actually thinks it's awesome when they're not somebody's thing. It's like, it's like, I'm not your thing, man. I love that you know what your thing is. That is freaking awesome and I hope you find it. Like that is how a high value person responds to that. And if you're constantly taking it personally that you don't like me, you don't like me, why don't you like me? Why aren't I enough for you? How can I be more? How can I prove myself to you? How can I make you like me? If you're constantly living in that, you cannot show up as a high value partner. And so this is the thing, when you're not showing up as a high value partner, there are only two things that can happen. One, you will meet somebody who is not a high value partner, but they are able to manipulate the relationship and take advantage of it and um, basically what I'm trying to say is when you don't show up like a high value partner, the first thing you're gonna do is you're gonna set yourself up to be manipulated and taken advantage of, okay? So what's gonna happen is you're gonna find somebody and in your mind, you're gonna make them special. You're gonna put them on a pedestal, okay? High value partner says we are all equal. We are all on the same playing field. I don't care who you are, how sexy you are, how perfect your body is, how many years you went to school, how much money you make. Like, I, like none of that matters to me. Like we are all on an even playing field here. And if you want to be with me, you got to show up for me in a big way, period. End of story. I don't care who you are. I don't care how magnificent you are. If you want to be with me, you've got to show up for me in a big way. Okay. That's what a high value person says. Now, when you are not showing up as a high value person, what you'll do is you'll identify somebody and you'll make them special in your mind and you'll put them up on a pedestal and you'll say, if I can get this person to want me, then I will be special like they are. Then I will be valuable like they are. And you're going to put yourself at this person's mercy. Now, if this person is the kind of person that likes to have people on the hook, that likes to play games with people's emotions, that likes to use people for sex and companionship and fun and things like that. If this person is that kind of person, then you are going to subject yourself to that kind of treatment. And you will allow it to go on in the hopes that you will get approval from this person, in the hopes that you will finally be as special as they are. Now, if this person is not that kind of person, so let's say this person is actually a high value person themselves and they're looking for another high value person, they're going to feel you showing up this way, putting them on this pedestal, trying to prove yourself to them. And they're just going to naturally lose interest. And I think a lot of times when people ghost, I'm not, I'm not condoning the behavior. I think ghosting is cowardly behavior. I'm not, condos I'm not condoning the behavior, but I think a lot of times what happens when people ghost 
is they just don't feel that compatibility and they don't know what to do about it. And so in, instead of, instead of just being honest about it, they just disappear. But when you, so let's, I've talked about what not being a high value person is. Let, let, let's talk about what being high value is. High value shows up. The come from is this. It's, this is who I am. I'm not trying to perform for you. I'm not trying to show up for you in any particular way. I'm wearing my heart on my sleeve, so I'm not trying to hide anything. If I like you, I'm going to let you know it. If, if I'm into you, I'm going to let you know it, and I'm not going to be ashamed about it. You see, we have so much shame about, ooh, I like them, but I don't want to like them more than they like me, and I don't want to tell them how I feel, and what if I tell them how I feel and they don't feel the same way? We have all this shame about it, and that is so cowardly. A high-value person is like, yeah, I like you. I am I, experiencing feelings for you. I am experiencing a desire for this to go somewhere. You know, if you feel the same way, that would be awesome. And if you don't, like, that's okay, but I just need to know. That's the come from that a high value person come, comes from, right? I am not ashamed of how I feel. I am not trying to hide how I feel. I am not afraid of how I feel. If you, if I let you know how I feel and you don't feel the same way, yeah, that's going to hurt. That's going to hurt. But I'm also courageous enough to feel that and to be with that and to not like, to not diminish myself because of it, right? Like, like part of being high value is honoring your humanness. I see um, Zika Wan bought a badge. Thank you, thank you so much. I really appreciate those of you who buy the badges. Um, a high value person is not ashamed of their humanness, right? It's like, it's like, no, this is who I am. Like, this is what I feel. This is what I experience. And like, I'm not ashamed of that. Like, I'm just authentically me. And yeah, like I, I experience happiness. I experience sadness. You know, when, when I, when I like someone and I think it's going to go somewhere, I experience excitement. And if it doesn't go anywhere, I experience disappointment and I get let down and I experience all of this and I'm not ashamed of it and I'm not afraid of it. But I'm also not going to allow my emotions to diminish who I am in any way. Right? So it's like a lot of us, a lot of us, when we feel emotion for somebody, we give them power over us. It's like, I have feelings for you. Do with me what you will. <laughs> like... No, no, like I have feelings for you, but you still get to respect me. You still get to honor me. You still get to show up for me. And if you don't, like you're still gonna lose me, right? So a high value person has feelings, honors their feelings, honors their humanness. They have no shame about it. But it's also like, you don't get to have power over me just because I have feelings for you. I remember this this um, thing here that I'm talking about was so huge for me because so much of my life, when I developed feelings for somebody, they just had like so much power over me and, and I was kind of at their mercy. And I remember I got to a place, I guess it was after I was, when I was 21, I got involved with this narcissist and she was quite a bit older than me and she was just incredibly manipulative and all, all kinds of stuff. And it was, I was with her for about a year almost. And at the end of that, I was just like, dude, like, I don't care how much I like you. Like, there is no way I deserve this. And it was just, it was just like, boom. And, and I cut it off and yeah, I was sad, but I, I think I was like, not that sad about it because she was awful. And, and moving forward from that point, I was just like, yeah, you know what? I can have feelings for someone, but that that doesn't mean they have to have power over me. And and like, you, know, it was just, it was such a shift for me to really get that, to really understand that, and that changed the way I show I showed up. And so from that point forward, and I, and I made a lot of mistakes. Like it's not like I was perfect from that point forward. I made all kinds of mistakes, 
But from that point forward, I never gave somebody that kind of power over me again. And, and I, I would experience all the same feelings, you know, like I, I always, I always had like more of an anxious attachment style and, you know, like if I was dating somebody and they wouldn't text back and stuff and they, you know, like I, I would, I would have all the feelings and I'd be like, oh, well, oh, oh, you know, I, I, I want to text them and I, well, should I, shouldn't I, oh, you know, like I would go through all of that, but I just, I just remember like, I was just like, no, like I'm not giving someone that power over me. And it wasn't that I was withholding or being inauthentic. Like I was actually, I was usually the first one to just come out and say like, Hey, um, if, if I, if I had been spending, you know, if I'd gone on one or two dates with someone and, and I was liking them and I wanted to keep seeing them, I would usually just come right out and say like, Hey, I really like you. And I just want to gauge how you feel. You know, like I'm, I'm really feeling this. I'm really excited. And I just want to gauge if, if you're feeling the same way. And, you know, a lot of times they'd be like, well, I don't really know. We're just getting to know each other and let's, let's go on a few more dates and see. And I'd be like, okay, that's cool. And, you know, or sometimes they'd be like, you know, not really. Like, I just, I see you as more of a friend and that was never good to hear, but I, I was just like, okay, got it. And, and I would deal with the pain of that. But I would never, I would never fall into the trap of like trying to prove myself. Like I did, I did that when I was younger, but, but after a certain point, I just, I made that shift and I would never fall into that trap anymore. And I think, you know, one of the reasons is, is because I just realized that like, that is very unattractive. It's very unattractive. Like, and, and we get it misconstrued because we hear all the stuff. It's like, well, don't text them for three days after your first date. You don't want to seem too interested. You know, we hear all this stuff and we think we're supposed to play all these games. But this is actually when people say stuff like that, it's a misunderstanding of the energetic dynamics. They're, they're aiming at something that has some truth, but they're missing the point. Because the point is not that I can't let you know I'm attracted to you. No, I could totally let you know I'm attracted to you. Me letting you know I'm attracted to you costs me nothing. It loses me nothing. It loses no attraction. What loses attraction is when I allow my attraction for you to give you an upper hand over me, right? So you, you could tell someone, and this goes both ways. It goes men, women, women to men, okay? You could totally, so for the women here, you could totally say to a man, like, hey, you know, after you go on two or three dates, you could be like, hey, you know, I'm really feeling this and I just wanted to gauge where you are and how you feel. You could totally say that and it would be okay because here's what would happen. And some of you right now are like, oh my God, I could never say that. I could never imagine saying that. Well, I want you to, I want you to listen to what happens next. You say that, but you do it without giving him any power over you. Right. So it's like, I'm just openly and authentically sharing what's real for me. But just because I'm sharing this doesn't mean you have any power over me. Right. And then what you're going to do is you're going to sit and watch how he receives that information. And if he starts going, Oh yeah, I got her in my pocket and now I can just do whatever I want. And, and you know, she's just going to be desperate for me. And if he starts being like that, you are, you immediately are like, okay, got it. I see what kind of guy you are. Got it. Thank you. Thank you for, thank you for showing me your hand. Goodbye now. Right? See, that's how a high value person would respond. What could also happen is he could say, you know what? I, I, I really appreciate you saying that because like I, you know, I, I do feel the same way, but I didn't know how to bring it up. And yeah, you know, I'm really excited about this. I would like to see where it goes. Right? Like he could also say that. And you holding out, trying to play this manipulative game of like, I'm not going to show my hand till you show your hand. That's just cowardly. That's just fearful. That's just weak. That's just desperate. And you think you're being powerful because you've heard all the things about don't text them too often and don't do this and don't do that. But, you know, hiding your authenticity is not powerful. It's cowardly. And yeah, I think... There, there is a level of desperation, okay, where I'm just like, oh my God, please love me, please want me, what do I have to do, right? There is that level, okay? So hiding your feelings is a step up from that level. I'll give you that, I'll give you that. If you're at the desperation level, then hiding your feelings is a step up from that level. But there is a whole other level 
of being empowered where it's like I own my feelings and I have no shame for them and I own my feelings, but you still don't have power over me. And those of you who want like a conscious, committed, loving, long-term, passionate, fulfilled partnership, those of you who want that, you need to rise to that level. You can't find it on the manipulative level of playing games. You've got to find it on the level where we get real with each other. You see, I remember my wife and I were very, very open with how we felt every step of the way when we were dating. From, from like our first, from like literally our first time hanging out. And, and I asked her, I, I said, um, I said like, Hey, I've really enjoyed, we, we ended up spending like a weekend together. And, and at the end of the weekend, she was getting ready to fly home to New Jersey. I lived in South Florida. She was visiting and we were getting ready to, she was getting ready to fly home to New Jersey. And so I said to her, I was like, listen, I, I really enjoyed this weekend and I would like to continue exploring what happens from here. And I just want to know, are you into that? Or was this a one-time thing for you? I just put it right out there like that. And she said, no, like, I'd like to continue talking and see where it goes. And I said, awesome. The next day I called her and we talked every day for the next three weeks. And then when she was coming back down to visit, I was like, I was like, Hey, you know, when you come down to visit, I'd really like you to stay with me if you're open to that. And she was like, okay, I could be open to that. And so she came down and she stayed with me. And it was just like, we just started our relationship that way and just continued from there. And there were times when we weren't feeling it, right? It wasn't just like, I love you. You love me. Okay. Let's ride off into the sunset. Like there were times when it's like, look, I'm really not feeling this relationship right now. And it was like, okay, like, are you ready to break up? And we're like, well, no, we're not ready to break up. It's like, okay, so we're not feeling this. Let's give it a week and see how we feel, you know? And like, we just, our whole relationship went like that. And if you want to have a conscious relationship, you've got to get on this level. And you've got, and when you get on this level, you will start attracting people who are on this level. Because what's going to happen is, you are going, okay, so Natalie, I, I see your comment. That's extremely hard to find though. People who are honest and open don't play games. Okay, Natalie, I want you to listen to what I'm saying right now. Is when you operate from this level unwaveringly, you will attract people who operate from this level unwaveringly. And I'm going to tell you, Natalie, and for everybody, everybody listening right now, I operated like this for years and met all kinds of people who wanted to play all kinds of games. And I just simply was like, no, like, you know, I, I'd be like, I'd tell a, I'd tell a girl I'd like her and she'd be like, yeah, I feel the same way. We should talk about that. And I'd be like, okay, awesome. Yeah. Let's talk about it. And I go over to her house. I'd be like, so, you know, can we talk? And she'd be like, yeah, later, like, let's, let's go out tonight and then we'll talk later. And then, and then we'd get home and I'd be like, okay, can we talk now? And she'd be like, oh, I'm tired. You know, let's just, let's just talk tomorrow. And then I'd be like, okay, tomorrow, can we talk? And, and she'd just be like, and she'd just keep putting it off, keep putting it off. So you know what I'd do? I'd be like, look, you're clearly not looking for the same thing I'm looking for. See you later. That was it. That was it. And when you operate from this level unwaveringly, what's going to happen is you will just start, when you start seeing people play those games, it's just like, look, you're clearly not on my level. Goodbye. And yeah. I had lots and lots of people want to play all kinds of games with me. And it's not just the men who play games. It's, it's everybody. It's everybody. But what's going to happen is you become such a strong. And I, I said, I'm not just talking about doing it once or trying it out or dipping your toe in the water. I'm talking about doing it consistently with every single person you meet, with every single person you date, in every single situation, on the dating apps, off the apps, in person, all, through all the time, consistently. And what starts to happen is you become such a strong vibrational beacon for the kind of relationship that you want, that people who are not on that level can just not even show up in your space anymore. Or if they do show up, they just pop out of it so quickly. It's just like they come in and you have two conversations and boom, they're gone. Because your, your vibration and, and, and the vibration of what you're creating in your life is just so strong 
that the only thing that can exist in your space is stuff that is at least somewhere within that realm, at least somewhere within that space. So when you are consistent about this, your vibrational state will become such a strong beacon for the kind of relationship you want that you can only, uh, that you, the only thing that can exist in your space is stuff that is at least within range of that. And so what I noticed, and, and the same thing with all my clients that I coach, I noticed that the more work they do, it's not that they just meet the one right away. Like I think for all of us, there's a little bit of a journey. You know, what, what happened back in the fifties and, and, you know, that time period, it wasn't that people found the one, it was just, they married very young and they just resigned to the person they married for the rest of their life. And so I think we, we adopted this, like, and even in other cultures, you know, they have like arranged marriages and things like, so marriage, historically speaking, has kind of just been like, you get hooked up with someone and you just deal with it for life. But now we're in this age of people are actually wanting to have conscious relationships and conscious relationships aren't just like, I just find somebody and we just, you know, figure it out and stick with it no matter what. But conscious relationships are like, I actually go on a journey of creating the, the love that I, that I desire. And I, I go on a journey of personal evolution and, and the conscious relationship is something that manifests as a part of that journey. But generally it requires having many, many relationships because each relationship is a lesson and it's something that we learn from and something that empowers us for the next one. So what happened for me and what happens for a lot of my clients and people I coach is that, you know, you will have a lot of relationships and they will, you know, usually last like less than a year or maybe just a little bit more than a year. Like most of my relationships lasted give or take a year sometimes a little bit less, sometimes a little bit more. And what it was, was it was me not being committed to the, being this, with this person for the rest of my life, but it was me being in the exploration of relationship with people and learning about myself, learning about others, learning about what it takes to have a successful relationship, learning about what's important to me and what isn't important to me and what my deal breakers are and you know, what, like what really matters to me. And like, I ended up with some people that were really great on the surface. Like I remember the last long-term relationship I was in before I met my wife was this woman who was amazing on the surface. I mean, she was gorgeous. She had a great job. She had a kid and her, her daughter was awesome. I loved her daughter. The three of us would have so much fun together. And I mean, and like in, in so, in so many ways, like in, from the outside looking in, we just had this like perfect situation going on. And, and, you know, about a year into the relationship, I just started to get this deep feeling in my heart that was like, I cannot stay anymore. And I fought it and I fought it and I fought it because I'm, I'm looking at this, like, this is like the best relationship I've ever had. And like, you know, like I would be stupid to throw this away. And so like, I fought it and I, I was like doing everything I could to like find a way to just want to be with this person. But the feeling just kept getting stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. And and it got to the point where I was just like, I have to honor this. And I even thought to myself, like, I'm probably going to regret this one day. And I even spent like, I even spent like months questioning the decision. Like, and it, and it was, it was so hard. Like it was a really, really hard breakup. And I, I spent months questioning the decision. Like, was it the right thing? Was it the wrong thing? And should I call her? And, you know, should we try again? And, and I finally came to terms with it. But when I met my wife and it wasn't like I met my wife and there were fireworks. I was like, she's the one, Oh, it's all done. It wasn't like that. Like I went through the same process with my wife of, of like being together for about a year, exploring a relationship with each other and seeing what kind of compatibility, compatibility, compatibility we had. I went through that same process with my wife, but with my wife, it was very different because where in past relationships, I would get the strong pull to leave. With my wife, even when I wanted to leave, I had the strong pull to stay. And that is, it's just something that like, it's almost mystical. I can't really explain it, 
But, you know, like, my wife and I have been through some shit together. Like, long distance for three years. Um, had our wedding canceled in the middle of a pandemic. Then she was diagnosed with cancer. I mean, like, we have been through some shit together. And there are so many times in our marriage where it would have been really easy to leave. And even at the times when I might have wanted to leave, with my wife, I've had the strong pull to stay. And that's something I've never experienced in any other relationship. And that is... That is... It's just something that I think when we, when we do the personal work, and I think this might show up a little bit differently for men and a little bit differently for women. I do. The experience of it might be a little bit differently, but, but I think this, I think this surrendering into the right relationship is the same, even, even if we experience it differently. And, and I think it's something that only happens after we've done a certain amount of work on ourselves. And so a lot of us, and this was me for a long time, I was just trying to go find somebody and get into a relationship because I wanted it to happen. And, and so like, I would even find people who would kind of check all of my boxes and things, but it, it still wouldn't be what I wanted or, or what I was looking for. And, and I think it was because I just had not done enough work on myself. And, and when I, when I look back now, I can see that all of those relationships where I thought they were the one, but then I just had to leave. I can see that they were only the one on a superficial level. Like, I'll just share this. For example, the woman that the woman I shared with was the one I last last committed relationship I was in before I met my wife. Like she and I could never have deep spiritual conversations with each other. And, and it was really interesting because so a lot of you might know this about me. I've always studied the course in miracles. It's like a, it's like a foundational spiritual, um, thing for me. It's just like, it's like, it's like my Bible almost. And so she and I would read A Course in Miracles together. And I was kind of like her Course in Miracles teacher in a way. And she was learning from me. And, and, you know, she was interested and we would have conversations about it, but it wasn't like we were on the same page. It was kind of like she was dipping her toe in it. And for me, it was like my passion. Now, this is the interesting thing. And this is actually a great example of like the difference between superficiality and like heart level stuff. Okay. Because when I met my wife, now my wife is not into A Course in Miracles. It just doesn't really resonate in the same way for her. Now, she respects it as a teaching and she, you know, has a lot of respect for it, but it doesn't resonate in the same way for her. So we don't read it together. And we don't really talk about it that much, but we can have deep spiritual conversations together where she shares her deep spiritual personal experiences. And I share my deep spiritual personal experiences and, and we can relate to each other on that same level. So on the surface, you know, it, it was like even concerning for me and when I first started dating my wife in the beginning of our relationship and she didn't resonate with A Course in Miracles. And I was kind of like, uh, are we compatible? I don't know. Uh, and, and, then, and then I realized like that was actually a superficial thing because on, on the deeper levels, we both have a deep spiritual connection that is very personal to us in our heart and we can relate on that level. And so what it looks like on the surface isn't as important. And in this other relationship, it's like we were reading A Course in Miracles together, but we didn't, we didn't have the same deep spiritual experiences that we could relate to. And so I was getting this pull, like you need to leave this relationship, it's incompatible. And I didn't even understand why on an, on an intellectual level, 
because she was checking all my boxes. It wasn't until I met somebody who was fulfilling deeper needs for me that I didn't even really realize I had that I was able to see, oh, that's why that relationship wasn't right for me. And I think, I know I'm sharing a lot of different things right now, but, but the reason I'm sharing this is because I think these are the kinds of lessons and the kinds of things that we have to come to terms with in order to have a conscious relationship. And, and it'll, look, it'll look unique for each of us in our own way. You know, like for you, it's not gonna necessarily be about the same things it was for me. But these are the kinds of things that we all need to understand and come to terms with in order to have a conscious relationship. And so I'm sharing this because I, I'm just trying to help everybody understand the process of, you know, the different stages and what it looks like and the feelings you have to deal with and the, the unsureties you have to deal with. And, and sometimes you'll have to trust your intuition even when it doesn't make sense. And you won't understand until later why it had to be that way. Okay, so that was, that was a lot. Um, I'm going to take some questions now. And I, I know a bunch of you have dropped in questions. I'm going to do my best to go back and find the questions that you dropped in. Um, how many of you are getting value out of this conversation? Um, just go ahead, tap that heart if you're getting some value out of this conversation right now. I'm gonna go back and look through uh, some of the questions that came up here. Okay, perfect. Great question, Amy Jones 954 I hope you're still with me. You say, I agree with what you're saying, but I don't get how you get to this level. How do you shift to being a high value person? I'm gonna start with that question. How do you shift to being a high value person? Okay, there are two things. One is fake it till you make it. And I'm gonna come back to that. The second thing is to experience and deal with the emotions that are activated as you're faking it till you make it, okay? So I remember earlier on, some of you may have been with me, some of you may not have been. Earlier on, I shared that when I was 21 years old, I got into a relationship with this narcissist woman. Um, she was quite a bit older than me and she was just incredibly toxic, incredibly manipulative and it's, you know, Lots of love to her wherever she is. I, I hope she's found healing and peace because when I knew her, she was suffering a lot. Um, but I got involved with her and I learned a lot from her because about eight months, maybe a little more, about a year into the relationship, I realized that I don't care. There is no good reason for me to subject myself to this kind of toxicity in a relationship. And no matter what, I have to be able to do better than this. And something changed inside of me when I made that decision. This is what I shared earlier, is that I was never willing to subject myself to that level of pain and toxicity again. And so even in that, what, in making that decision, I raised to a slightly higher value just in making that decision. Now, moving forward, I carried myself from a place of, I deserve a certain quality of partner and I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold out for that. Now, granted, I got a lot better at this over time. Okay, I was not perfect at this out of the gate. I got much better at this over the time, but I did my best. And my next relationship was much healthier than that one. Would I say it was a healthy, conscious relationship? No but it was much healthier than the previous one. And then another level was when I decided I deserved even more than that relationship. And so I chose to, I chose to end that one. And even in that, I rose myself to a much higher level. But a part of this too, and it's not just do the right thing, fake it till you make it. That's part of it. The other part of it is processing the emotional experiences. So I shared, I've had more of an anxious attachment style in my life. I've, I've also played the avoidant role in many relationships, but at the core, I've, I've had kind of an anxious attachment style. And when I would experience all of those anxious feelings and all of the, I want to reach out. Are they thinking about me? Are they seeing someone else? Why aren't they messaging me? Are they losing interest? Oh, all of it, right? 
when I would experience all of that, I would have to literally force myself to put my phone down, don't text them, and be with what I was feeling. And I would have to learn to be with the emotion of it rather than act out in the reaction. So fake it till you make it. But if you only fake it till you make it without dealing with the emotion, then you will eventually give in and revert back to the old patterns. So you've got to do the right thing. Make the right decision. Leave that relationship. Don't text that person who's not texting you. Um, you know, like what, whatever, whatever the right decision is, right? You've got to make the right decision. But then you've also got to do the emotional processing so that you can so that you can be with the uncomfortable emotion and avoid going into those reactive patterns. And as you practice this, you will increase your value. Now, there is, there is maybe more to it um, in terms of recognizing your own worth and value, um, in terms of working with limiting beliefs about yourself that you have, understanding what those are, releasing them, understanding where they came from. So there are, there are other aspects to it, but, but I, I think those are some of the biggest pieces. And, and I'm going to say, you know, for everybody, like to really, to really raise into the highest levels of value as a high value partner, like it's probably going to require joining a program, hiring a coach, working with a therapist. Uh, it's, I mean, it's probably going to require doing some kind of work, you know, like just sitting around hoping it's going to happen, like is probably not going to work. It might probably not. Um, okay. I see a bunch of comments coming in now. I'm going to go back and try to catch up on them. I, I know Karen, Alexis, I'm going to take your question next. Uh, let me see here. What do you, what do you respond to a narcissist when he is blaming you for things that are not real? Okay. I, I might have time to come back to that one a little bit. Um, Natalie, I get told by friends that I come off too eager, aggressive because I don't like playing games. And it's just me expressing interest. Okay. Uh, so I mean, I'm not showing up that I'm interested. It feels like playing. Games. Got it. This is a great question, Natalie, that you're asking. I'm going to, I'm going to go to Karen's question and then I'm going to go to that one. And then I'm going to come back to the question about the narcissist. Okay. So Karen's question is, do all men start to question the relationship at about a year? I think all people, when we're honest and we're not so in, I need to be with this person that, oh my God, please want me, please want me, please want me. I think all people question relationships when we're being authentic and when we're not in our need to have somebody, okay? When you're in your need to have somebody, you're not really going to question the relationship because you just want them so much. But when you're being authentic and you're operating from your value, there's going to be a natural, healthy questioning of, is this right for me? Uh, someone says, could I get help from a relationship coach even if I'm single? Yes, absolutely. You, that's probably when you want help. Now, there are people who work with singles and there are people who work with couples. So you want to find somebody who works with singles. But yes, like... There is nobody here who is not eligible to work on yourself and, and get the support you need to become the kind of person you want to be. Like there, there's, it's, and I, I love that you asked the question. Thank you for asking the question. But I want you to recognize like that is such a crazy obstacle to getting support. <laughs> like everybody in this world is worthy and, and there is support available. So like, yes, get it, get it, get it, get it, get it, get it. <laughs> Um, okay. By the way, like I'm on here talking to an audience of 50,000 people who are mostly single. So like, yes, absolutely. That's what this is for. Like the reason I'm here right now is to talk to single people about how to create a healthy, loving relationship. Like that's, that's the whole point right now. It's the entire point. Okay. Going back to what I was saying, most people will question a a relationship because it's healthy to when you're dating somebody you want to be in the questioning of 
is this right for me? Is this person showing up with the kind of value and the kind of authenticity and the kind of commitment and the kind of consistency that I'm looking for, right? So it is, it is so important to always question. I mean, I'd, I'd say I question my marriage a lot less now these days. And when I'm questioning my marriage, it's less from should I leave and more from is there something we need to work on here? Right. And like the only way I would ever leave is if there was something we needed to work on and I was trying to work on it, trying to work on it, trying to work on it, trying to work on it and like getting stonewalled by my partner. That's the only way I would leave. Like otherwise, it's not about leaving. It's just about we have something to work on at this point. But. But, you know, when you're dating, when you when you haven't been with someone for many years and you haven't established that foundation with them, then you want to be questioning, especially in the first year all the way through the first year. Is this the right person for me? All the way through maybe even 18 months up to like two years where you start to really feel strongly that you and this person have a really solid foundation that you can take to the bank, that you can rely on, that like you feel like if the sky falls, this person's gonna be there for me, right? Like until, until you get to that place in the relationship, you should be questioning it. Because that's healthy. That's how we don't end up in really, really toxic situations. When we just decide that I want to be with this person and I'm, I'm with them and, you know, like, and then we're just going full speed ahead without ever questioning. That's when we end up in really, really bad situations with the wrong people. And actually, like, in a conscious partnership, you can even question the relationship together. I mean, my wife and I had many discussions early on about like, is this even the right thing for us? You know, what do you want? What do I want? Do we want the same things? Are we, are we like, you know, even like going in the same direction? And there were a lot of times where it even looked like we might not be. And we had to talk about those things. It's like, okay, well, like kids was one of them. And my wife was like, well, if you're going to be traveling all the time and you, you know, you're going to have a career where you have to be in a different city every week. And like, you know, how does, how do kids fit into that? And like, we had these kinds of conversations. So I, I think that to answer your question, Karen, it's not just men. It's, it's everybody. When you operate as a high value partner, there is a healthy questioning that comes as a part of that. Um, okay, I wanna, I wanna speak into Natalie's question now. So she's saying, my friends tell me that I come off too eager and aggressive when I'm going out with someone. And, and then so you feel like you try to step back, but then it feels inauthentic. This goes back to what I was talking about with being okay enough with how you feel and confident enough about how you feel that you're okay with expressing it, right? So this goes back to that. You wanna be okay with how you feel, confident about how you feel, no shame about how you feel. Thanks, Michelle, thanks for being with us, lots of love. Um, yeah, it's, it's, all, it's great to have all of that and even communicate how you feel, it's great to have that. But there's a way of doing it. There's a way of doing it that says, Oh my God, I really like you. Please like me too. Right? And then there's a way of doing it that says, I really like you. I'm really enjoying the time we've spent together. I would be interested to see where this goes. And if you don't feel the same way, that's okay. Right? So there is, it's about how you communicate it. And a lot of your friends and people who tell you things like don't text them too soon or don't do this or don't do that, are people who are just operating from their own fear and their own survival. And like, I would ask yourself, do the friends I'm listening to have really conscious relationships or not? Like that would be the gauge of if I want to take their advice. Like, are they people who are really, and even if they're not in a conscious relationship, are they as a single person, very empowered, very confident? Are they attracting the kind of people who have real potential? Are they, you, you know, like, so you got to look at what they're creating in their life and ask yourself if they're the kind of person that you want to get advice from, right? Because a lot of your friends are going to tell you all kinds of dumb shit that they're doing that's not working for them either. So 
So when your friends are doing that kind of stuff, like it's actually, like here's the thing. A lot of those kinds of games of way to day to text back and all this stuff, like they're games that are designed for low value people. I want everybody to hear this. This is important. All those games are games that were designed for low value people. Okay. It's, it's how do I get a low value person to like me? I've got to play all kinds of games. I've got to pretend like I'm not that interested. When you start doing that shit to a high value person, they're going to say, see you later. I ain't got time for this shit. They're going to say, you're not on my level. Goodbye. So those games are designed for low value people. If you want to play into the approval power dynamics of low value people, then play those games by all means. And maybe you can become better at those games than they are. And maybe you can get them on your hook instead of having you on their hook. Congratulations, fucking whoop-de-doo. You still don't have love. You still don't have authenticity. You still don't have somebody you can trust and rely on. Okay, so yeah, you want to master those games and be the best master manipulator in the fucking world? Awesome, go for it. At the end of the day, you're still going to be alone. You know, I, I have coached a lot of men in my career who have been the uh, like pickup artist and they've been the master of all those games and, you know, they've got their strategies down to a science and, you know, they can just go on dating apps and pick up, you know, 10 women every day if they wanted to and they could do it in their sleep. And I have coached a lot of men who have come to me empty and broken because they just feel so fucking awful about themselves because they've been completely selfish their whole life. They've hurt so many people and they have nothing to show for it. They're like, I've done all this for all these years and I'm alone. And like, and now like I actually want an authentic relationship and I can't get a high quality woman to pay attention to me to save my life. The only women I can attract are women who just want to fuck around. And, you know, like you've got to recognize that if you play into that, you are becoming that and you are attracting that and you are inviting that. And so you've got to be the one. See, a high quality man or a high quality partner goes both ways, but I'll speak to the women here. A high quality man is actually looking for a woman he doesn't have to play games with. That was, you know... In my past relationships, they always showed up one of two ways. Either we had sex immediately and our relationship started there. Or the other thing that could happen is instead of having sex with me immediately, the woman would try to play games with me to the point where it got exhausting and I would just lose interest. Okay. My wife was the first woman I met who wouldn't have sex with me immediately, which I really respected and really appreciated because honestly, I felt that that was like awkward and uncomfortable and, and like I wasn't always that into it either. So she was the first woman I met who didn't want to have sex immediately and also didn't play games, right? So she was like, she was like, no, like, we need to get to know each other a little better first. And I was like, awesome. That's cool with me. I love it. But then she was also like, I'm into you. I like this. I want to see where this goes. And those, the combination of those two things for me, like freaking blew my mind. I'm like, what a fucking relief. Like somebody that I can just get to know without sexual pressure, without having to jump through all kinds of hoops and trying to play games. I could just get to know her. Like what a fucking relief. And you know what? I think high value men are looking for that as well. I really do. I really do. Thanks again for checking out the show. Please subscribe on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on the most. And I would love it so much if you leave a review and tell people what you think of us. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram 
at The Living Relationship to connect more closely. And I'm grateful to be supporting you on your journey to love. 